Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and just let them talk about anything and everything. My friend Michael Pig is a church planner in San Marcos, Texas, and I'm a traditional church pastor here in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Today on the podcast, Michael and I are finding out what it means to be a pastor in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. And we learn a lot about the ministry of presence. We're calling this one, the one during the quarantine, week one, because we have no idea how long it'll be. So why don't you sit back and relax, enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey Michael, how's it going this week? Going well, Nate. How are you doing? I am doing as good as could be expected. Expective? Expected. <laughs> I must. It's been a long week, hasn't it? It has been a very long week. It's. We. I feel like we've shoved a whole month into this week. Yeah, and it's Wednesday. I. You know, I have never pastored in a pandemic, so we're all kind of learning this as we go along, and. Uh, I was talking to somebody today on the phone. I've been trying to call some of my senior adults. And uh, she said, I might just be calling you because I want to talk to somebody. I can't handle this not talking to people. <laughs> yeah. No, so it's, a, it was, it's, a, it's one of those things where I think people are going to get lonely if we're not really intentional about uh, making connections with one another. Yeah. And, uh, and the ways we can do that are really limited. I, I've seen a lot of pastors being really creative. I, I saw one guy, uh, my sister-in-law sent me a post of a guy who's doing a drive-in movie Sunday. So like you drive up to the field behind their church, you don't get out of your car, and they're going to put all the worship and stuff over one of those radio signals like at a drive-in. And then you can see people, but you can't really, you can stay in your car um, and, and and listen to the worship service. Yeah, uh, that was really interesting. That seems like a really cool idea. Um, I'd just be afraid that my folks would just go knock on each other's windows and be like, "Oh, I know, roll right it away. down, yeah, roll it down." Can I give you a hug real yeah, quick? Because <laughs> we got hugging people at our church. Oh, we got we, some people. We're not, we're not good at not hugging each other. That's this yeah. is this is um, you know I've heard the joke several times about how this is the introverts. Uh, Introverts dream. Dream of doing. Shout church. out to Pastor Brent Green. Yeah. <laughs> well, Chris Coughlin He's, told me he said, "Yeah, I'm enjoying it right now. I wonder how long that'll last, though, because even yeah, and even an introverted person is still going to want, you know, interaction from time to time. Yeah, and and there are even extroverted introverts that kind of like interaction with people, but then need that recharge. Because yeah. I've always heard the introvert and extrovert is how you get charged up. So if you get charged right. up around people, you're extrovert. If you get charged up like being by yourself, then you would be considered more of an introvert. So yeah, I think all of us are created for relationship and community. And Absolutely. Uh, man, it's an interesting thing to pastor when you can't do that. What did you guys do last Sunday? Well, um, as of last Sunday, we didn't have any confirmed cases in our county. And so uh, we didn't have uh, the restrictions that uh, that some more uh, populated areas had. And so we uh, 
we had one last Sunday where we knew this is probably the last time we're going to get to use this space and meet together. And so we did. And we yeah. Had, you know, we didn't, I mean, we had a, our crowd was way down, but uh, the folks who wanted to be there and could be there and uh, felt, you know, healthy enough to be there and knew that they weren't going to be engaged with folks that they would put at risk, they showed up. And then the people who felt like, you know, uh, I had some who, you know, have immunocompromised folks who said, you know, I just don't feel safe about this. And, and of course, yeah, we wanted to yeah. encourage them to stay home. And, uh, right. it was, it, you know, it was interesting to, to, you know, get everybody's perspective on it. Some people are, uh, you know, very uh, concerned. Uh, some people were, you know, uh, not concerned at all. Uh, most, right. most people yeah. were just mad that there was no toilet paper left anywhere. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> so it was just, uh, you know, just everybody was kind of on all all parts of the spectrum. It was really kind of an interesting, uh, important, I think, moment for us to try to get on the same page where regardless of how you're um, how you're interpreting all of this, uh, there's some there's some things that Christians need to do. And that is be kind to our neighbors, uh, love our neighbors as ourselves, uh, became yeah. a very important thing becomes, you know, the mantra of the church and, uh, the thing that Jesus taught us, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and your neighbor as yourself. It's just a good time to remember all that, you know? And so uh, we had, we yeah. had a good time together. And, uh, and then shortly after, uh, our, we found, had our first case in Hayes County. And so, uh, yeah. you know, we, everything shut down. And, uh, well, we're kind of we're kind of a little ahead of you there. We had one or two, I think, by Sunday. I kind of went from the you know this is overblown. I never reached the conspiracy theory phase. I, there's some people <laughs> out there, you know, the yeah. government oh, yeah. is doing all this yeah. to take your guns. I saw that conspiracy theory that you know they're gonna first you get to your house and then they can go house to house and take your guns. Well, since I don't have any guns. I wasn't too worried about that, but yeah. you know, it's gone like all from for all kinds of ends of the spectrum to people who are you know over scaring everyone to where they run out and get toilet paper. So um, yeah, I I think I started out on the oh come on, this is you know this is going to be something we'll all get through and it's not not going to disrupt life that much and kind of you know you know I like to joke around. I shared this with my people on Sunday. I went from the kind of joking around to when I started getting calls from the doctors in my congregation, then I was pretty aware <laughs> of the seriousness because, yeah. you know, yeah. these people have de dedicated their lives to this. And, right. and when they're starting to let me know. So we ended up canceling uh, and we I was I wasn't supposed to preach. I'd been in Ohio all week, but the guy who was supposed to preach, Peter, our new executive pastor, I wasn't going to throw him out online for his first sermon with us. So I told him, <laughs> hey, dude, I'll pick it up till we get back and you can preach when we get back in. So not knowing it was going to be near this long. So yeah. uh, if he wants to preach before that, you know, we, we may have him do that. But but it was, you know, pretty laid back and low, low scale for us last week because I didn't have a lot of time to prepare. I flew in Friday at 1115 and uh, I, I was preaching Sunday morning. At, you know, 10 a.m. So I uh, I definitely um, this week we're going to it's going to be interesting. We're going to 
my family is going to have this kind of worship experience that we put together. You know, I happen to have a couple of minister, uh, future ministers in my family. Yeah. And then my daughter-in-law is, she's into like nonprofit compassion. So we, our whole family is, is just going to kind of do everything we would do in a service. So we're going to have like the greet, we're going to have a call to worship. We're going to have the greeting time where they can text each other on the, on, uh, on Facebook Live and talk about whatever we give them to talk about. We're going to just go through a service like normal. Yeah. And then we're going to have virtual communion where they, they each find their elements and, and use whatever they have. And we, we kind of do that. But I think it's going to be a lot of fun because we're going to keep the structure they're familiar with. We're pretty structured. We have a, we have a liturgy. It's not, we don't call it a liturgy, but we do pretty much similar things each week. And uh, and then, but it'll be completely different because it'll be from the intimacy of my living room, and we're gonna project the words up on our big TV in the living room so they can even sing along if they want. Sure, it, it'll be an interesting day. It'll be kind of fun, and I think you know as the weeks go on, we'll have to continue to be creative. But one of the things uh, I was wanting to talk to you about this week, as we're we're dealing with new ways of delivering information when we can't have contact with people, was just how important in life and in ministry the ministry of presence is just being with people sure sure just, yeah yeah the um you know presence has always been a, a an issue it's it's why jesus was able to tell a story about the good samaritan right um because yeah these uh, men were on their way to serve in the temple um and, right and do this uh ministering to god so that God would remain present with the people of Israel. And they felt it very important that they be present in the temple, but they also couldn't enter into the presence of blood or, uh, or, or a dead Death. body. And so uh, then they, <laughs> yeah. they have this struggle, you know, do I sacrifice one presence for another presence? Um, right. and, and Jesus, you know, uh, makes it clear that he would, he would like for us to be compassionate. Um, that that it that compassion matters and being present in the moment we're in is very important. Um, there, all of Israel's rules uh, and laws were about uh, this understanding that presence is everything to us. So we're going to follow all these rules to make sure that we don't uh, drive the presence of God away. You know, David writes a psalm and says, "Do not take your presence from me, Lord." Uh, right. There's this. We understand that your nearness is to us our good. It's a song, uh, Be Near by uh, Shane and Shane. Be near, yeah. oh, God. oh God. Be near, yeah, oh God of us. Your nearness is to us our good. Yeah. It's just so yeah. important to us. And so presence is a big deal. Yeah. And I, I think uh, I think even now we, we will realize... Um, how much we miss the presence of one another. One of the things I'm in a class on uh, pastoral counseling for grief and loss. And one of the things we've just been talking about all semester is the biggest thing you can offer is not answers for people when they lose someone. (laughs) It's not explanations. It's not even to try to defend God, but it's, it's really your presence yeah, and oh, yeah. your willingness to sit with them in the midst of the grief, you know, yeah. and not, not expect to have the answers. Because when we try to answer all the questions for people, 
we just end up making fools of ourselves and we say things that really hurt people. So I think one of the things that we learn is that there's something valuable about just sitting with each other, just being together. And uh, it'll be interesting to see, not knowing how long this will drag on, but how that that missing that presence affects us as a body and what our gatherings will look like when we finally get to be back together. Sure. I, I expect there to be a big celebration, honestly. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it'll be interesting because uh, our big celebration that we plan for every year in most churches is Easter. And Yeah, I'm hoping it's Easter at least. <laughs> we're, we're likely not to be able to do a normal Easter service. You know, we're looking at probably eight weeks. So we're looking at Mother's Day. Be our first. Well, I'm hoping I'm hoping they're wrong, but you know, Mother's <laughs> Day is always close to Pentecost. I haven't it looked is. up the actual date this year, so yeah. So we could have a huge celebration because that's kind of the birthday of the church. Um, oh yeah, and, and really the be. presence of God then bringing us near to one another, people from every nation under heaven, right? So right, uh, sure. There's definitely that idea of the it is the presence of God that that allows us to then be present with others in real and meaningful ways. Sure. Because as God has loved us first, so we get to love one another. Right. Um, So, yeah, I, I, I do think it'll be really, really interesting. Another thing I'm, I'm noticing uh, this week is that this is a nightmare for a hypochondriac like me. (laughs) Are you not a if, you're if not you, a clinical hypochondriac? Are you, you not know, clinical? Like, but I I'm a self-diagnosed hypochondriac. Oh, okay. right. I don't know if you can do that. I don't know if you can. Man, either. I would I will tell you something. Like my wife is always like, don't read side effects on labels. Don't read. <laughs> uh, you know, don't don't get on the internet and see what your symptoms are because yeah. you will find something that you have. And so the worst thing that can happen to a person like me is like. Someone tell you if you have a scratchy throat or, uh, you know, you start having a dry cough or your your breathing is labored, you know, those things all seem to like you can start to feel those even if you're maybe not. So I've I've right. been very uh, it's been a very interesting week for me. Um, and I know I'm not alone. I've talked to some other people. And it's like, yeah, when they tell you the symptoms, like everybody's wondering if you have them. So it, it's been an interesting few days. Um for me, what are some other things you guys are going to do during this time? You have any other uh, things going on besides your your regular worship that you'll kind of continue or start? Well, it's uh, a because of you know it's a it's an interesting time because we have um, we we you know people are going to get a little stir crazy because not everybody's going to be able to go to work. They're going to want to exercise some creativity maybe if they're at home. Um, so right. I thought it was a good opportunity. If somebody's writing, if somebody's uh, writing songs, writing poetry, writing stories, uh, if somebody is painting, sculpting, building, um, just uh, want to give our, our folks a platform to share their creativity as an act of worship. Um, yeah. So uh, we, have a, we have a man who he loves to take pictures. And so right. I ask him send me every picture that you've taken uh, lately that you think is a picture of hopefulness or hope. And uh, so we're doing it. I'm using his images on Instagram uh, throughout this uh, Corona outbreak uh, to talk about hope. We're going to reflect. Coronavirus outbreak. You got, 
You don't have a bunch oh. of beer just breaking. No, no. <laughs> Coronavirus outbreak. Sorry, Co- I couldn't help myself. COVID-19. Yeah. COVID-19, <laughs> so, as, as they say. What's funny is in my phone, um, you know, when the suggested, the suggested words, if I type uh-huh. anything that starts with CO, COVID-19 pops up as a suggestion. Comes up. Yeah. yeah. So They're uh, suggesting it, for all of us. Anyway, you have a guy who's going to take his pictures. Oh, he's already he's yeah. been taking pictures for years, and so he's got this wealth of uh, of portfolio. And so um, I'm asking him to go through and select his most hopeful images, or not his most hopeful, oh, just that's great. ones that he's recently taken that 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 suggests hope. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of images of scenery where spring is blooming, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, yeah, I was just talking about that in my morning meditation this morning, like about. My favorite flowers are the daffodils. They always come out when everything's brown and the green just shoots up out of the earth and it's beautiful. reminds me that death does not have the final say. Uh-huh. Reminds me of that song um, by David Crowder about uh, Holy Yours, where it says, uh, yeah. uh, and, and the, the, the most crazy thing is this, is that from the dirt, uh, life springs up. Um, yeah. yeah, out of the dirt. Pushing through the, the dirt. dirt. Yeah, it's such a good. Holy. It's such yeah. a good line in there where it's just encouraging us that it's uh, out of the dirt. Another thing is I've got a I've got a young lady doing uh, sustainability studies at Texas State, and so we've been talking about you know planting a garden, and so we've kind of ramp, right. ramped that up because I think it's good. It's a good time for us to remember that uh, food doesn't come from the store it comes from the ground it doesn't uh, come from walmart it doesn't come from walmart it doesn't come from heb they're just a collection point to make it yeah. easier to get to it actually that's, comes out of the ground that's funny nathan asked me if we could do the same thing yeah. out behind our church you know put in a garden yeah um during this time and what if, just what if the church really th- started thinking about what would it look like how are we going to feed the masses um, we may have to start farms. Uh, yeah. You know. Hey, I got a couple acres if you want to come help me till it up. <laughs> you mean you you want me to help you push mow it? Uh, yeah. Well, I got home and everything's completely muddy. I have not been able to get out behind my mower oh, since I've been home. It's going to be a mess. Yeah. I may have to break down and use the power mower once to get me back on track. <laughs> we'll see. You're but, not going to yeah. use the real mower, huh? I, I, well, I don't want to slug it through the mud because it does, even with the molehills and stuff in our yard, and our yard's kind of sandy, it can leave like, the two wheels leave like ruts, ruts. if you're not yeah. careful. Uh-huh. So I need it to dry up before I, I run it over there. But I may just run it over once really high and just knock the tops off, you know, and I can sprint up and down the hill a little bit. <laughs> and then uh, and then once I've done that... Which this week, more than this week, I guess now, but I have Tyler home and we had talked about trying to do it all in one day. So I'm thinking I go up one line and back and then I hand it over and we just keep sprinting continuously with taking <laughs> rests in between. That's some good so exercise. I'll let you know how that goes, but yeah. you we'll know, at least try to get as much of it done as we I can. do. I do Camp Gladiator for a workout and we can't. Yeah, you're like, you're beast mode. Well, but we don't even like we're meeting in a parking lot, but uh, the CBD, yeah. the, the seat, CBD, CBD, that's a different thing. That's a different thing altogether. <laughs> the Center for Disease Control, you know, their their stipulations, yeah. their their directives, kind of suggest that not even if you're meeting in a parking lot, not even if they're if your workout is outside, 
uh, should you be yeah. within six feet of one another. And yeah, so it's kind you of just spread way out, man. Just spread way out and train her. I've got yell this real huge loud. gym at our church. We may, maybe we need to do that. We don't, we don't have any workouts in there, but I think they don't want you gathering more than 10 anyway. So, yeah. So, um, on Sunday, yeah, we're going to gather in my living room. My worship leader is going to come over to my house and we're going to, uh, we're going to do a, a worship service and, um, and just live stream it like we do on, on Facebook yeah. every Sunday. Um, you know, of course, there's all that, uh, you know, debate on whether or not uh, Facebook Live is going to be able to support everybody going to that. And, uh, oh, you know, I didn't even think about that. And then there's questions about, you know, how, will all of our technology hold out? And it, it's an interesting dilemma to talk about presence and how we how we enter into one another's lives. You know, we, we say we love first, we do life together, and we live the right. story. Well, I'm not sure how we're going to do life together. How are you doing life together? Um, except, yeah. except through technology, you know. Uh, um, and, and there was a day when a pen and a piece of paper were technology, right? And, and right, the, yeah. the Pony Express was a new technology where we, we sent it across, uh, across the miles. we've become very dependent on moment by moment contact. Um, but, but that's not, I don't think humans are necessarily that dependent on moment by moment contact. I think we can live on a word that was spoken to us, uh, days ago, maybe months ago. I know some of the words that were spoken to me when I was a child still hang with me. I was talking to my dad last night. Uh, he gave me the Bible that I remember him reading from when I was a kid. I went into the kitchen and he was reading his Bible. I said, Dad, what are you doing? He said, I'm, I'm getting ready for a Sunday school lesson he was going to teach the next morning. He said, so I'm reading my Bible. I said, well, can I read it with you? He said, yeah. He said, go get your Bible and come back down here. So I went and got the Bible he had given me. I sat down beside him and I opened to Genesis. And he goes, well, son, we don't really. Let's start in Matthew. <laughs> and I said, I said, Matthew, that's like almost to the end of the book. And he said, yeah, but this is. This is where the story uh, becomes ours. We become part of this story right here in Matthew because of the work that Jesus did. And that's how I learned to read the scriptures was that I would be able, I, I had been grafted into a vine um, and I wouldn't, I would be able to see the, the, what we call the Old Testament, which I hate the title Old Testament and New Testament. It automatically yeah. assumes something, and I don't like that. We should call it the Jewish scriptures and the Christian scriptures or something of that nature. I'm not exactly sure how to delineate that. I've yeah, debated. that might still cause problems. It might still cause problems. So it's just it's a struggle. Um, but anyway, uh, I, he gave me that um, that Bible, and and I told him about, how important it was that he told me what he told me about, you know, being grafted in and the story. I really were added to the story through the person of Jesus Christ. Um, as, right. as non-Jews, we were added to the story. And I mean, those words were spoken to me, you know, 35 years ago and they right. still have value in my life. The presence of that moment is still valuable to my life. I'm often confounded by how uh, a worship service can be recorded 
and then I can play it back sometime afterward, listen to it, and the spirit that was present in that worship service is present to me in the car or you know yeah. in my office or wherever I am. Um, and so the presence of God and the connection of the body of Christ somehow travels across time and space. And I'm not yeah, it really does. sure how that happens. And one of the things that I think we're seeing is much of the church that has kind of, you know, snubbed its nose at technology, maybe, or maybe just not caught up with technology is now um, everybody's getting a crash course. And it's been really cool to see collaboration, lots of free resources. I don't know if you know, but N.T. Wright is offering his discipleship stuff free for three days, his small group material really? that's on cool. Philippians. And, you know, Philippians is the the joy book in the midst of Paul being in prison. So it's, it's a really good, uh, probably a good book for him to offer, but it's usually about $150 for a small group and you can go um, online and get it for free. So um, I, I've seen a lot of collaboration. One thing uh, I'd like to talk about a little bit is that this may be, and this may be because I'm in a class this semester on Sabbath as well, but we might be, being forced into a sabbath right now oh yeah you yeah know, it's it's like oh, yeah. we we won't stop and rest to save our lives slow me but, down no but there Lord, might be slow me down yeah a moment here for us to capture if, if our eyes are open to say we've been given a free sabbath i mean those of us who don't have to go to work and i, I say that carefully because there are those my wife's one of them she works in the medical field at, at an yeah. urgent care yeah. And uh, she's going into work every day, but there are those who have to go to work. But but for those of us um, who have been kind of given some space, and I'm still working a lot each day, I, I find I may be working, um, doing different things, but just as much doing different things, uh, trying to reach out to all my members, especially those who might be vulnerable, trying to make sure everybody's okay. So there's a lot right, of things right. to be done. But right. there are moments where where we can't go out, we can't entertain ourselves like we used to do. We can't turn on the tube and watch like March Madness. Now we can watch Netflix all day. But there, there's an opportunity here for us to, to really understand what it means to rest and to trust God. And if ever there's a time that it might be kind of even difficult to trust because of fear, because of right. anxiety um, about, uh, you know, our health, about our economy, yeah. about... Whatever you want to throw in there, there's a lot of things that are moving parts going on right now. Sure, sure. About what the future looks like after this. Do things bounce right back? Do we go through a recession? Um, you know, how how is everybody going to keep everything going, especially our small businesses? Oh, so, but there might be an opportunity. I'm worried they're going to die. You know, worried yeah, they're not going to be able to, to make rest, ends meet. And, and uh, an opportunity to trust. Yeah, this and, is... and I believe that we might find that God is more than enough. You know, like in the Old Testament when they went out and got the the sixth day, they got the double manna, yeah. and it didn't rot. It didn't rot. Even though it had rotted every other day. Yeah. They didn't rot. So got, I, got... I'd love to hear your thoughts about that, about Sabbath. Oh, and... you know, I, I'm terrible at Sabbath. My first thought. <laughs> A lot of us pastors are. My first thought is, which is really uh, how bad, can I, I mobilize people to care for other people? But you can't, you can't take a group of people. Like we have a fifth Sunday serve coming up. So March the 29th yeah. is a fifth Sunday. We weren't going to meet anyway. We were going to go serve. 
we've been working with these other churches to get all of these things lined out so that we can go do them. And all of these groups are calling us and saying, please don't bring a big group of people over here. Yeah. Um, that's not going to work. And we're like, yeah, we're, we're not going to do that. But there's, I mean, this isn't going to change the, the, the fate of the orphan um, with schools out. Uh, kids who right. are already food insecure are going to be that much more food insecure. Uh, people are going to need volunteer help to get things done, especially food banks and and uh, food distribution organizations are going to need volunteers. Right. But you, how you, how are you going to, uh, you know, pack food or do food, do the things that we used to do with forty and sixty people? Now we're going to have to do them in shifts of ten or less. Yeah, you know, yeah. and we're going to have to be extra careful because we don't want to cover something in germs that will then arrive at someone's home and infect them. You know, so yeah, and it's hard to know. You know, like they say, when you first get this virus, it's hard to know if you have it. And so yeah. it's like, well, that's the problem. You is can that feel it perfectly just, fine. Yeah, you feel fine, so you don't know you're infecting everybody you love. Like you're going right. around just spreading yeah. whatever this, you know, whatever you got, the, and and you don't know it. At least like with the flu. You get it, and you know you have it, so you stay home. You, you know? feel it pretty quickly. Yeah, whereas this, some of us may not even really feel it all that much. We may feel like it's just a severe allergy problem. Yeah, and uh, it comes during allergy season. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, by the way, we have tornadoes coming into Oklahoma tonight, so oh, <laughs> let's just add oh, one more fun thing to the let's mix. Let's just add more to it. Yeah, we've had lightning. We've had thunderstorms here, so um, yeah. it's just – it's it's, – it's, it's, feels like it's crazy, right? But it's really mostly inconvenient for a, a lot of us. It's the poor yeah. who are going to who are going to get hurt by this. It's always the poor who feel these things the most. If, and and people can you imagine if you started a business this month, even if oh, you man. just started at the first of this year and you're still got this fledgling business, you finally built up kind of a steam of customer base and boom, yeah. especially that if that's a, uh, a a restaurant, like how are you yeah. going to survive this? This yeah. is this is crazy. And so there's, you know, I don't know if we're going to have stimulus packages or whatever, but I wish that the church thought in terms of stimulus package. I wish the church thought in terms of how can how can I, I need to make sure that nobody that I know and love uh, loses their house over this if right. they don't get paid. Yeah. Like we need to be texting one another. Or calling one another, or emailing one another, and saying, "Are you? Do you have a way to get paid? Like, are you going to lose finances over this? And if you do, how how can I help? You know, um, like right. how cool would yeah. it be? I think the only answer is share, right? I think right. I think sharing yeah. is the answer. Uh, you know, if, if the stimulus package came through and somebody didn't need it, right? Would we be able to say? Would we Would we say, "Ooh, jet ski," or would we say, um, "Right"? My neighbor probably needs this more than I do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, how do and we I, negotiate those kind of things? I don't know what yeah, that has I, to do I with think, Sabbath, but that's the reason I'm having a hard time with Sabbath is because I can't stop thinking about all these other things to just trust that God's going to take care of us, right? Right, yeah. And I think that one of the things about Sabbath is that um, we rest in God, we trust in God, but as we draw near to God, then our heart does beat more for those on the margins because we get to know who God is 
and yeah. God's heart beats for those on the margins. And so sure. it, it's, I don't think it's an either or thing. I, no. I just think it's definitely, a, it's, it's one feeds the other, but sure. But we're we going to have to do some maybe, both and work here. Yeah, yeah. Maybe our consumerism is kind of running, running into a train wreck. And uh, well, sure. I've been reading Walter Brueggemann for our Lent devotions and you know, Walter Brueggemann. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. He's consumerism is always in the crosshairs oh, yeah. and, uh, He's attacking the and empire the systems of this world. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. um, so we've been all over that and talking about where is our trust place? Where is our hope place? And one of the things that, that I'd like to kind of wrap up today with is this, this idea of, we read a passage from Isaiah, you know, about the hope of God and, and, and the, the level place or the, the ground being made level, you know, um, the rough places made a plain, um, that in the midst of something much worse than what we're dealing with. I mean, exile was brutal. Exile was was awful. It was this, uh, you know, people you knew were killed. They starved them out, some of them. They murdered them with the sword. And then the others were taken to Babylon, you know, 500 miles away from where they were born, you know. And and to me, that's much worse than what we're dealing with. And and in the midst of that, Isaiah pins these songs of hope or that picture of the crocus blooming in the desert. My dad yeah. actually had some crocus plants at his house that had begun to bloom oh, when wow. I was there last week. That's and awesome. I was like, oh, man, that's Isaiah right there. That's dude. awesome. That's it's so good. Just, but yeah, so so let's end on some hopeful hopeful words of, uh, of maybe just uh, how how you as a person... Um, what what your perspective is on the hope, even in the midst of of insanely chaotic times? Yeah, I think uh, if if the church has a commodity, if we're responsible for for stocking, stockpiling, uh, keeping an inventory of something, it's supposed it's to be hope, paper. right? No, that's oh. that toilet paper. Which, by the way. That's a non-essential. Last time I checked, right? It, it like makes you're not, no sense. <laughs> you're not going to die from not having toilet paper. But anyway, yeah, the church ought to, our, our shelves should never run dry of hope. Like hope is, uh, it's what we're supposed to carry. It's what we're supposed to to distribute. You know, I wish that I had had a semi truck load of Charmin, just so I yeah. could go and undermine the idea that there was a scarcity, right? Like I, I wish that, that I, I had thought enough ahead to, to undermine. I think that's the church's job is to undermine the myth of scarcity. Let's plant gardens yeah, just give it away. and give it away. Let's plant gardens yeah. and give it away. Let's Whatever it is that you need, it is available to you free of charge. You are loved. We don't want you to do it that. And immediately I know that even within myself, I start worrying that somebody's going to take advantage of that situation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We immediately start As, going, well, how are we going to keep people from being crooks? You know, uh, it, it just, well, you remember my Jubilee garage sale in yes, Fort do. Worth. Do you remember yeah, that? I do. I do. We, we had this big garage sale. We just wrote Jubilee on the, on our door of our garage and we just gave it away. And people were, they were just looking for the scam. They were like, <laughs> no, really? How much you want for this? And we would say, we would just quote Shane Claiborne. There's enough for everyone's need, but not enough for everyone's greed. We're yeah. going to give it to you. Just take what you need. If you don't need it, don't take it from our garage sale to your garage sale. Yeah. And we were able to get a bed for a family that had little kids 
we gave them our, our bunk bed and you could tell they needed it. And it was so cool to watch yeah. that whole thing for them to realize that we're, they really aren't trying to trick us into paying them something by saying we don't want you to pay anything. But but really just give it away. In the words of the great worship group, uh, the Red Hot Chili Paper, Chili Peppers, <laughs> Papers, <laughs> give it away now. Give it away, no, give it away, give it away now. I, I did tell my senior adults when I was calling them, I was like, hey, we've got toilet paper at the church if you're in a bind. We buy it in the bulk <laughs> boxes. Like, don't sweat that stuff. Yeah. And I walked through Crest. You know, we were almost out of toilet paper. And, I, you know, I was walking through our local store, and I'm like, I'm kind of like you. We can survive even if we don't have it. Of course, I also knew there's a little stash up at the church. But I was like, they. I finally was in a store and they had some. And I'm walking through the aisles with like one little thing under my arms, just smiling at people like, there's no need for this nonsense. Yeah, I, I've got my little twelve rolls here. It'll yeah. be fine. We're gonna we're gonna be okay. And but sharing yeah. is what's gonna be make it okay. Ultimately, yeah. we're gonna have to share. Like we're we're worried about what this is gonna do to economy. Uh, this really is our time to shine. And care for one another, and surely right. there's a there's a there's had to be a, a moment in heaven where God has looked down and He said, "Look at them scrambling to see how they're going to help each other." This is beautiful, yeah. and we have actually seen some of that. Um, I think it's I don't want to say the wrong company, but I think Postmates is doing free delivery for restaurants, just like you're talking about, like um, small you know local restaurants that need to use delivery services. They're not getting charged the fee right now, I guess. So, um, you know, I don't know what that does for the Postmates driver, if they're under underwriting yeah. all that. But but it's just good to see people doing things like that. And it's good to see people, like I said, in the church sharing resources. I've seen a lot sure. of creative things. I think we're going to have a children's experience next week and a youth experience. We've seen other people do it. And we're just, you know, sharing ideas. And this is going to be a lot of, lot of interesting things that will come out of this. I think the church will be different. When we're done, I think the church yeah. will, you know, when we went through that fire and we couldn't be in one place, we realized that place is important in some ways, that having a place to worship, we've talked about that on this podcast. But I think we'll, re we'll realize that in-person meeting is important too. Like, yes. like getting that, that hug, talking, having that conversation face-to-face, feeling the love of your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, that maybe there'll be people who say, you know, I need to get back in the habit of being there often. Yeah. Because I really miss that, that connection and, and that uh, camaraderie and friendship and love. Right. And you really can't replace it online. No, you, you can't, can't replace it. You presence. can't replace it. And if, if the things that we do as a church online are about maintaining our congregation maintaining our tithes and offerings, if, if it's about maintaining our status quo so that when we get past this, we can go back to the way things were, then we will have wasted this time. Um, because yeah, yeah. none of our efforts should ever be about maintaining a building or maintaining what we have. It should always be about being the body of Christ and loving one another. It really should be about right. enjoying one another. I, I have this idea. Me and one of my residents, we're gonna we're gonna take to you know to the road and we're gonna go visit uh, those parishioners who are up for it, uh, so that they can share their stories in video 
right? And so we're going to record them giving their testimony. Um, and we're really going to do our best to give voice to the church. Uh, we, we do this in small groups normally. We do this in Sunday morning worship. But something that, that we do battle with the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And yeah. so we can't forsake yeah. the testimony, and we have to give everybody that we can the opportunity to share their voice, share their creative gifts, share their talents. Um, and, and if we have to do that digitally for a while, then that's what we have to do. If we have, you know, But we're going to have to figure out how to open up those lines of creative communication. Yeah, that's great. Um, man, so much good stuff today. I'll, I know uh, many people are praying for us as pastors. They know we're kind of trying to navigate our ways through. Uh, but, but I'm encouraged, like I said, to see the way the church is responding. Um, every phone call I made this week, um, you know, just so much gratitude for the call so much gratitude for the concern of the church. We've had people yeah. volunteer to be those runners if people can't get out. We have senior adults, you know, in our church that yeah. don't need to yeah. be out. And, don't uh, need to be out. And just so much uh, coming together. And I, we noticed that when we had our fire. And it's so amazing because, you know, uh, I think it was Joseph said to his brothers, uh, you know, what you intended for evil and what the enemy has intended for evil uh, God intend, made good out of it. And and I yeah. think we've seen that, you know, when our, our church burned down. I know you've seen it time and time again yeah. um, as a pastor. And so I'm just excited to see the other side of this. And as I prayed with people this week, that's what I would pray. Lord, as we look back, let us just see your faithfulness again. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, man, it's been great to talk to you. I know you're with yeah. family, so enjoy your time. We love you guys. And uh, hopefully we can talk again next week and yes. see how things are going. I'd looking love forward. to see those testimonies, by the way. <laughs> looking if forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Love you, we'll man. see you. Take care. All right. Love you, too. Bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. We hope you have a great week.